0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Rainer's Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
2: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch.
3: Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that
4: race board. Woohoo!
3: Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode 427, coming to you on Tuesday. November thirtieth, twenty twenty one. We're gonna look back at the Lincoln Riley opening press conference at the Coliseum. Give you our reactions. Open up a mailbag and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, wherever you can find podcasts. We are there. Our email address is Reign Troy at com and our phone number. 213 373 1 USC, USC Sucker Suck What's Burn show. show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co host here in the Ranator Studio in Los Angeles, Alicia D'Aretola. Hello, everybody. Hello. It was quite the day on Monday. Uh, we were recording this on Monday night, late Monday night after USC unveiled Lincoln Riley in a pretty spiffy uh, press conference atop the Coliseum in the uh, 1923 club which is uh super super like can you imagine a better place to watch a game than than that place by the way
2: uh, especially on like on that day like they could not have had better weather for this event 80 degrees i mean it was it was you could not see everything it, it was allegedly 80 it felt like a very very comfortable 75 uh, the sky was blue. The, the not a cloud in sight. the The view to downtown was great. The view to the Hollywood sign was great. It was just
1: The observatory. You could see everything.
2: Idyllic. Yeah. It was. It was wonderful. It was. It was exactly exactly everything that USC can be. Uh, and and so it was, it was really fitting that USC had that moment of of getting to introduce Lincoln Riley when you know. The weather was showing off, too.
1: Yeah. Lincoln Riley. That's Lincoln right. Riley. Lincoln Riley. USC. It buried the lead here. Uh, if you didn't know, USC has hired Lincoln Riley. And boy, are you guys pumped up for it. Not only have we gotten several tweets from people who have said that they've given up podcasting, they've given up listening to USC podcasts, they couldn't do it the last couple of years. People are saying they're back. People are calling into the rant line. Here's what you guys had to say. 213-373-1872 is the Reign of Troy rave line in this instance. And here's the crazy things going down over there.
0: Hey Rainer Troy, it's Karen from Fresco, Texas. Hey guys, this is Michael on the 563. It's Marcello. Scott from Memphis. Uh, this is Dave from Orange County.
3: Jeremy from Grand Terrace.
0: Hi, uh, it's from Oregon, Portland. Mike from OC here. Yes, this is Tony from Denora, PA. Hey Rainer Troy, this is Jackson in Virginia. Uh, I was just, uh, you know, minding my own business the other day, and um, a package arrived, uh, and I thought, that's weird. Uh, and I looked at the label, it says, from Norman, Oklahoma.
4: And I was like, I don't know
0: why I would receive anything from Norman, Oklahoma. And then I look at the note, and it says, from Mike Bone, enjoy. And I open it, and it's Lincoln. Freakin' Riley! Riley. Holy shit! Lincoln Riley! Boom! Lincoln! effin' Riley! We
4: got Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley coming to SC. Yes, I can't believe it. Yes. Well, well, well. Christmas came early for the Trojans fans. Oh, I can't believe it. We're back.
0: Now we are on. USC's back, baby. They can be back. Beautiful Sunday afternoon in Southern California. And USC finally did some big boy shit and hired a real football coach. Mike Bones and Brandon Stosna did not hire Luke Fickle. They did not hire Dave Aranda. They did not hire James Franklin. They did not hire Matt Campbell. They go hire a top five elite coach, not just a great coach, an elite coach, Lincoln Riley. We got Lincoln Riley. Mike Bone, you go out and do something like this. And
3: totally redeem yourself.
0: I will definitely blame Mike Bone for this.
3: Who, Mike Bone?
0: Patience is a virtue. I'm sure the guy who does it normally is going to do it, but I want to try it just once, OK? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe UFC is hiring Lincoln Riley.
3: Oh, yeah! Oh, I can't believe. USC has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Yeah, we got Lincoln
4: Riley! It's
3: gonna be fun to have everyone excited again.
4: I'm excited. I hope you are, too.
0: I'm, I'm shocked. This is definitely like a home run or grand slam in your guys' opinion, right? Cause it, oh my god! It seems like that to me. That is a home run, baby. This is not just a home run hire. This is not just a grand slam. This is a walk off grand slam hire with a bat flip. This is the greatest hire
4: I have ever thought of. I am in complete shock. I'm. Uh,
3: this is amazing.
4: What a outstanding hire. This is exactly what SC needed. I think first off, he brings not only some great coaching experience, but if you think about it, uh, his ability to recruit, that is huge. Give the man the money to bring on his assistants. I want to see the offensive line coach. I want to see the defensive coordinators. Bring them all in.
0: Let's take back the Pac-12 South. Let's go. Pac-12 is now on notice. I love it.
3: Hey, this is a great day for SC history. Hopefully, we can get it going from here. Enjoy this robot, follow USC fan. Let's do
4: this, robot. Thanks again. You guys put together a great podcast. Let's go, SC. Hey,
0: you know what? Fight on, baby. Fight on.
3: Fight on. Fight on. Fight on. Fight on. Fight on and, oh yeah, still beat the Bears.
1: There you go, at least you see the
0: robots
2: are fired up. I mean, who wouldn't be fired up? I'm fired up. Like, it's just... It really, it's such a sign of good things. Um, I think it's its a, this is a move that I think got everybody, everybody from USC fans to neutrals to fans of other teams that everyone just sort of sat up and went, wait, what? And uh, how can you not react with the, the joy and the excitement that we heard on the rant line? Like, how can you not? It's been so long since USC has had a truly... Uh, just exciting moment that you can just run with, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's wonderful. I'm I'm happy for all of us. I'm happy for literally everyone involved in this entire thing.
1: We're gonna have people listen to the pod again. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have you know, uh, there's excitement around the program again. You you can go into USC Twitter and not feel like there's just overwhelming negativity and just not that I'm like, you know, I, I am not a overly positive person. I don't need a, a ton of positivity and uh, trust me, positivity and anything turns me off most times, but it's going to be nice not having to just read negative tweet after negative tweets.
2: Well, I guarantee you there will still be people uh, and there still are people well, who, still, sure. who are pushing negatives for because they're that's who they are now. That's their identity. Uh, but it, it will be nice. And I, I think that was one of the things they mentioned. We're going to get into our thoughts on the press conference and everything like that. But I think one of the things that struck me from the press conference, uh, I forget even who said it, but they talked about making a hire that would unify people around USC. And, and I think that's what this one does. I mean, I, I think that there will yeah. be mixed feelings about, I don't know, everything. The defensive coordinator, the hires, who gets, 100%. who stays, who goes, who transfers, who transfers in, who, which recruits are got. There, it's going to turn back into the normal sort of life cycle of, of college football. But I think that you go into the 2022 season with everyone looking in the same direction in, in terms of, of feeling positive. Feeling hopeful, it, it, not having every single tweet, even if it's about, you know, something random and insignificant and, and small turning into, but Clay Hilton. Like, I just think that that's I right. I don't think we're going to have to deal with that particular form of negativity anymore. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm so, 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 so ready, ready for this next era of USC football. And I, I don't know that... It, I, I don't think it's going to be completely smooth sailing. There will be growing pains. There will be things that get worked out. Uh, so you have to prepare for that. But I am ready for the sensation of, of feeling like we're all moving in the, t- in the same direction.
1: Well, I just want a a place where there can be objective talking about... Like, you and I have always wanted to just talk objectively about USC football and everything else. So... I just want a place where people can just be normal. Just talk about the team, be negative, be positive, whatever. Don't make that your identity. Just talk about the team as is from day to day. Things go back and forth. That's just how things are. I'm a middle, middle person in terms of that for the most part. And so now it just feels like there's a fresh start around USC football to where you can just start discussions from a point of, Objectivity
2: and it's not good. and not having to like preface everything with I know that you all hate Clay Helton but let's talk about this thing because what else are we going to talk about like right. that kind of thing like yeah this is going to be nice
1: it, yeah. it's refreshing it would have been refreshing no matter who was hired yes but uh, that is Lincoln Riley someone who can definitely energize the fan base uh, certainly is a uh, hell of a thing hell of a drug for uh, for USC Twitter uh, and. The Rotbots and the fans, everybody. So we're going to talk about the introductory press conference right after this break. All right, Alicia, we talked about it in the intro a little bit. To set the scene, top of the Coliseum, the 1923 club, the brand new club that's there on the top of the scholarship tower, it's only been open for a few years, That is the place where they introduce uh, Mike Bone, Carol Fultz, Brandon Sosna, Rick Caruso, and, of course, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. And give me your first reactions to the whole shebang.
2: Uh, It was was a party atmosphere, I think. Uh, They they started the whole thing off with... uh, (laughs) the band coming in with the at least a section of, of the course band she had to do that. with the song girls and everything and like we said the atmosphere was great just being up there in the coliseum with the perfect weather with everything with all the excitement there was a buzz i thought that was a uh, really fun um and then and then it was it was nice it was nice seeing being able to see the victory lap that some people were able to do when they have taken a lot of crap over the last couple of years, and so I really appreciated hearing from Carol Folt. I uh, haven't heard her speak all that much since she took over as as the president of of USC. But you sort of get why like why she got the job. She just seemed she just seems like a nice lady, and uh, and I just I really enjoyed hearing her enthusiasm. Mike Bone is is walking enthusiasm, so you know what you're getting there. And then Lincoln Riley, I mean, one of the things that struck me the most in terms of just first impressions was the way that he started the whole thing, looking back at the at the Coliseum and and saying something like, "Wow, is this is this real? Is this for real?" Right. And it, it felt so right because I think that's what a lot of USC fans have said. Over the last 24 hours, is wow, how is like, is this real? And it was kind of cool seeing Lincoln Riley in awe. And it, it, it to me, it kind of, it kind of sheds light on on why he chose to come to USC, why he chose to leave Oklahoma for USC. It's not just the perfect weather, it's not uh, just the 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 program and the p- potential and all that. But you and I were having a conversation. It struck me, Lincoln Riley is 38 years old. He was, you know, a teenager in his in his early twenties when Pete Carroll was at, at USC. He he will have had the same understanding of that mystique of the USC program from from that sort of age when you always talk about how your impression of of which teams are good is like baked in from when you're like a kid or whatever for for you whatever age that is.
1: For, well, well, for him, that's going to be like the 1992. Truck. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. not a good thing. No, no,
2: no. But what I'm talking about, like, as- like places that you would want to f- to work. Right. Like, the aspirational thing. His like,
1: formative years in football his a- formative as a year- player a, a, and early on as a coach, as a GA at, at Texas Tech. Yeah, when he's. When, when SC was at the pinnacle. When he's
2: a GA at Texas Tech and he's thinking about, you know, where his career might take him. Like, I think that it's. You get the sense, and and he'll have to speak more on this. I'm not trying to like put words in his mouth, but he was a a, a, a GA in 2006, so like that was his first GA dog, and then he was a an essay. So was that a um, what what would what would an essay be? Is that like a um,
1: is it a support staff support staffer or something like that? Something from
2: 2003 know. to 2005. So like the beginning of his football career is it, it's it's in that it's in that frame where you know you would look at where do I want to work like I'd want to go to USC and I'd want to be part of that environment and I don't know I, I'm maybe I'm reading stuff in there but I, I I you saw the awe from him and that was just kind of cool because Lincoln Riley is a big deal and for him to be awed by USC is is I don't know I'm odd by USC every time I walk in the Coliseum, so it's nice to share that.
1: Yeah, for me, the press conference in general was definitely a big moment for SC, packed with all the things that you wanted to hear. I think, you know, SC wins the day with the press conference. The press conference is easy to win, so I'm not going to, you know, count this as like this major victory or anything like that, because Sark won the press conference, Clay Helton won the press conference. You know what I mean? Like all these guys have always won the press conference, but I think what made this one different for me uh, is the talk about the process. Uh, And I know that we were, we were texting our our friend Jake Merrifield of the What's Bruin show. And he said how obnoxious he thought it was that SC made it a point to talk about how smart they were. I, 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 I think when you are, when when you're USC and you've had decades of incompetent leadership and this like insular identity where there's rampant nepotism throughout the school, where USC people hire USC people, we talk about the whole idea that you know you're you're a Trojan for for your Trojan for life, right? And the and the US the USC network and how important that is. That is all great, but at the same time, that concept can be Completely taken too far And you've seen it so many times With this athletic Program Especially that's the thing we all know More than anything But really throughout the university as a whole The athletic department is just the easiest one To talk about it when you talk about All the ADs have had USC connections With the exception Of two right? Mike Bone And um, uh, Mike McGee from, From the 1980s all but two. That's insane. And, and you you talk about the, the coaches. All the times that USC has replaced national title winning head coaches, every single time they hired someone who was an assistant on their staff previously. They never went looking for the next national title winning coach. Right? Like, they, SC has just had this thing where the insular hire after insular hire and just this lack of a process outside of... Do you know the words to fight on? Do you know where the the door is to go to Traddys? If you know both of those things, you're two-thirds of the way to getting the job. SC needed to prove that that was no longer the case. Because everything had gone to rot, really, throughout the universe. Well, a different kind of rot. (laughs) Uh, Throughout the university, uh, you see all the the scandals and and all the cover-ups and all that st- uh, the FBI investigations, the university the athletic department, all of that had gone to rot. You needed outside thought to come in and clean it up. You needed that. You needed a process. And I thought it was very apparent that oh, how much of the talk was rooted in, you know, what we needed the last two years, and this is something that you. Know, Rick Caruso insinuated uh, by saying that the biggest moment of all of this, the catalyst was hiring Carol Folt. And I agree because not, not that Carol Folt gets you Lincoln Riley, but them going out and hiring a, a university president that has no ties to USC zero put the, the shows, the kind of hiring process that USC started to value over everything, which is, Go out and hire the right person for the job. They did that for the university president, in turn did that for the AD, and so on and so forth. And here you are, and the result of it is Lincoln Riley. And I know, yeah, if you're a UCLA fan, it might be tiring to hear about how smart USC was in this hiring process. But when the SC has literally never done it before, you have to mention it, and you have to sell it. Because I think part of the problem and like. You know these these press conferences are about recruiting as much as anything else, right? But I think you're about recruiting your own fans. You're and, recruiting and
2: about, ticket holders. You're really. recruiting
1: ticket holders, but also in in the the place where SC has been, look at the number of people who said they don't listen to our podcast anymore because of how frustrated they are with USC. The number of people who post on the P uh, over at USCfootball.com they don't go to games anymore, right? Uh, because of the of the thing, like. People are out there saying these things. It's not like they didn't care, but they needed a reason to buy in. So, of course, the press conference was going to end up being a reason to sell people to buy in. And, it's and, not- the, no- and the number one reason to, to get people to buy in is to cap it all off by walking the walk, talking the talk. And Gideon Lincoln Riley, if- and it's not
2: just it's not just that they were selling it too. They were.
1: But what I mean is they had to sell it. Along no no no. The way, I agree right? they
2: were selling it, but no, I think this was them saying, "Listen to us 100%. when we told yeah. you to trust the process. This was the process." And and this is one one of the things that I texted back to to Jake. Not to you know crap all over Jake, but he's just our our sounding board here. Like, Mike Bone and Carol Folt and everyone is associated them. They were lambasted, roasted, criticized, heckled. They were everything under the sun for two years. They got called names. They got called stupid. They got called, you know, incompetent. They got called everything you can think of. And all they could do in that time was say, we're Trust the process. We're putting a plan in place. Trust us. We know what we're doing. Trust us. This whole press conference to me was them following through with the, we told you to trust us. Now this is why we, this is how we got to where we were. Right. This is why you should trust us because this is the way that we operate. This is the way that we do things. So it's, it, it is a little bad, you know, patting yourself on the back, but like when you've gone through the, you know, we we use the analogy when when USC fired Helton, the Shawshank Redemption, crawling through a uh, you know a, a mile Would of you shit. Use and,
1: average movies again.
2: Oh, I I hate you sometimes. Uh, crawling through all that that shit and getting to the getting to the other side and and being free. Like to me, this whole this whole day was them being Andy Dufresne in that moment. We were that. It we we've been Andy Dufresne. Crawling through the through the uh, you know the 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 sewage for the last few years, and we've come out on the other side. And I think that Mike Bone, Carol Folt, uh, Brandon Sosna, Caruso, everyone involved in this whole thing, it, to me, it was just them saying, "We did it. We took all that yeah. crap, and this is why you guys should trust us. We know what we're doing."
1: Yeah, my biggest question the last two years was, we talked about it before, I think we agreed that SC should have fired Clay Helton at the end of the 2019 season. Well, they should have done it after the 2018 season.
2: I think everyone's life would have been easier in the long run if they had just fired Clay Helton in 2019. Well, 2018.
1: And then 2019 for sure, because 2019 is the one that we can talk about more importantly, because that's the one that Mike Bone and Carol Folt and everybody was was here for. Was here for, yeah. Yeah, and obviously there was the financial ramifications of that and all those things. And we have talked about understanding the reasons for them not doing it, even if we disagree. Right. And so one of my biggest questions going into the press conference, what was something that I've still been wondering, did like, how important were those two years in getting here? And my biggest takeaway, because everyone was in lockstep saying these things and, alignment I feel like was the the, was the watchword yeah uh you know Lincoln Riley said that one of the reasons it he listened and bought in was the alignment of the of the whole spiel right that and so the two years thing how important was that and you know they had talked about it before that they they needed to you know add money to the support staff and all that stuff and the we've talked about the the things that he needs to do to Lure a coach that they've done in the last two years. I come away after this press conference, a hundred percent buying into the idea they did need those two years. They really needed the two years, not in the sense of like that still was the reason not to fire Clay Helton at the time. More so, I don't think you end up in the place you are now in an alternate reality where they fire Clay Helton back then because. They don't have. They wouldn't have had all the support staff in place. They wouldn't have had all the 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 structure and the process and the help for the, the for, for the student athletes, the and, NIL and stuff. The, the NIL stuff wouldn't have been there. the The help for the coach, like we talked about before, that you know, Mike Bone didn't fire Clay Helton, but also he gave Clay Helton a ton of resources in the past two years. To do anything possible to win. Clay Helton still didn't didn't win. And so he he needed to go. That's just how it worked, right? But SC has just changed how things completely work. It's because they went out and they hired people who didn't know anything about USC. And they came in from a completely different, you know, landscape of things. A completely different perspective. Uh, all walks of life. And I think that it's interesting. We can talk about it later. But... The the uh, you and I were talking about how I think Brandon Saadson and Mike Bone work so well together, um, and I think they they make the best out of well, each other. Yeah, that so l- we talk just, about that later. But like,
2: I don't. I th- we could talk about that well, right now. No, but
1: I don't want to get derailed from this point of okay. like the the whole two years thing. Yeah, they needed those two years because I think that had they made the move and fired Clay Helton after twenty nineteen, which we all think is still valid at the time, obviously. They don't, they're not getting Lincoln Riley in 2019. Who are they getting in 2019? Maybe it's Matt Campbell. Uh, I don't think it's Matt Campbell in 2019. Maybe it's... I, I think Matt Campbell probably would have been high on their list. Matt Campbell was turning down NFL jobs
2: in 2019.
1: Yeah, and then there was Matt Rule, who at the time was pre-Carolina Panthers job. Maybe he was someone who would have been targeted or whatever. But I don't know that those coaches... We're in a position to listen and accept a USC job that didn't have the show me, don't tell me aspects of the program where you can now see the investment in the last two years and all the little avenues that USC has done to support their coaches, support the whole process.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Brandon Sosna straight up said that you and I in the car on the way to the, uh, to the press conference talked about how we wanted to ask that specific question. We wanted to ask how important were those two years? And we got that answer without even asking the question. Like that was one of the, one of the funny things. I'm standing there in the, in the Sosna scrum. And before I even have a chance to, to broach the subject, he's talking about how it was really important to, Set up what we needed to set up, and we don't get Lincoln Riley if we didn't have that, have that, uh, right. that that um, established foundation that they worked on. Now, again, like we don't want to say that that means that they got it right by not firing Clay Hilton in 2019. I think we've we've said multiple times they probably should have just pulled off the band aid, and maybe they would have flown by the seat of their pants a little bit in that first hiring process, but. We would have avoided the last two
1: years. But but if you if you're but, Mike Bone, um, hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, mind you, I I think in a perfect world, uh, if he had complete say, I think he'd want to come in and immediately make his mark. But if you're Mike Bone, you get that hire wrong, and maybe you don't make a second hire. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, exactly. And, well, and, and so and it you, kind of works out that then you get this perfect world situation where you can put everything into this hire and. This was the do or die hire, where if it all pans out, you're a hero, well, and if if not, then you are every bit the the goat in the yes. classic word of the word goat. Yeah. Um, but this th- this th- that is people one of think the th- that he would have been. Yeah. This is
2: one of the things that, and we're we're now moving moving ahead. I just I just have to get this out there, the Brandon Sosna media scrum. I recorded it on my phone. It didn't. the The sound quality is terrible. If it was better, uh, we would we would just stick it on the end of this podcast so you all could listen to it. I encourage everyone to go pull up uh, the video that uh, I know for sure that that Ryan Abraham, uh, uscfootball.com, dot put it up on YouTube. I'm sure other, uh, there, pretty much everyone was around that scrum. Um, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes. Go watch that video if you want to understand why so many people are so, number one, so high on Brandon Sasna as an individual, but also why the media who have interacted with Brandon Sasna and Mike Bone, why everyone was pretty confident that the administration as is was going to be able to pull this off because they get it. And Brandon Sasna absolutely gets it. And you 1,000% that comes across in that media scrum. And one of the most important things that I think he talked about in that scrum, aside from talking about how getting a coach is is part, most of it is is them doing right by their family. So you have to work your way through that. You have to figure out these are human beings you're interacting with. This isn't a video same game. Same thing you talk
1: about with recruiting kids. Yes, right?
2: exactly. These are human beings and and they don't they're not governed by the things that people think they're governed by all the time one of the things that i really appreciated that he said was that fans get very invested in the hiring and the firing bit and the hiring and the firing bit it's important but there are bigger things at play in any in any athletic department there are bigger pl- things at play in any you know sports franchise where it's not just about the hiring and firing if your only focus is on the hiring and firing you're going to be a a a dumpster fire of a of a franchise, a program, or whatever uh, a team. If that's all that you're thinking about, because it does come down to foundations, it comes down to personnel, it comes down to the people, the entire collective putting together the uh, the the uh, the way that are that a. Franchise works. There's a reason that the Steelers and the Patriots are significantly better franchises across the board, regardless of which head coaches that they bring in or don't. Uh, There's a reason that those that certain teams operate at a higher functioning level than others like and I'm sorry to any of fans out there that are of these teams, but then the Lions or the Browns or, you know, the Clippers for years, or or you know whoever you want to point out, like there's a reason that some of these teams work and some of these teams don't, and they tend to be consistent that way because it's not just about well we got the high we made the right the the right hire. The hire is never going to work out if you don't give them something to work with. The right quarterback that you pick number one overall is never going to work out unless you give them an offensive line and skill position players and build up a defense that's able to support him. All of those things have to work in concert and I think that's what Sasna was getting across. I think that's what we heard from from Bone and and everybody involved in this whole process is it's bigger than just the hiring and the firing. Don't be so focused in on that as the one thing. It's it there's so much more uh, uh it's a very complex piece of of clockwork that you're working with there. And I think they got that across beautifully today in, in the, uh, in the press conferences. And it, it was kind of, it was really gratifying for me standing there, listening to these guys, knowing that like, I had tried to get some of these things across over the last few years and I don't know how eloquently I did it. I don't know how, um, consistently I did it, but it was nice to hear them saying the things that I thought were going on behind the scenes the assumptions that I was making that they they do understand what they're doing and they do have their priorities right, that's the number one thing I can say is I think that this administration has proven they have their priorities right and you don't get Lincoln Riley to leave a powerhouse program like Oklahoma unless you can convince him of that. So, bravo to USC for doing that.
1: A thousand percent. SC has had an idea of what they needed to do the last two years um, at every level and... Being prepared, it's incredible what being prepared to do these things uh, does for everybody. Being prepared to coach, being prepared to find a new coach, being prepared uh, to assist your coach. All these things uh, are important, and SC has got that foundation now. And, you know, really, you, you look at the, the culmination of the last decade when you talk about the infrastructure thing. Uh the Mckay Center was built in twenty twelve right uh obviously, there were many years in which they had the Mckay Center. They were still part of the insular uh identity and all those kind of things right but uh and the Coliseum has just been finished its its remodel three years ago, but now it feels like finally finally u s c can be the blue blood people want them to be, yes. Because they're taking themselves seriously, at every level, there's buy-in from the from the board of trustees. You couldn't say that before. There's buy-in from uh, the, the president in in a form of a, of a pro, of establishing a process for doing things uh, that trickled down to to bone and sauce and so on. This is the pl- this is the foundation that USC needed. And from here, it's it's now all about Lincoln-Riley making do on everything. Uh, And that's going to be... it's it's
2: got to trickle down from Lincoln-Riley, too. Right. They made the... the, You have a domino effect of making the right hire, making the right hire, making the right hire, identifying the right hire, identifying the right hire from president to AD to CFO or whatever it is that Sauce's official title is to blah, 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 blah. Lincoln-Riley has to... Be that figurehead now for everyone and his staff, for the way that they recruit players, for the way yeah. that they evaluate the players that are on the team, transfer portal, the whole deal. You you got to get it working in concert.
1: Yeah, and um, let's look at the Lincoln Riley quotes. <laughs> Bear in the lead a little bit. We're like, what? What is it? Thirty minutes in this episode. <laughs> yeah, when we really talk about Lincoln Riley himself, uh, his opening statement was quote. Uh, this is part of it. I can promise you that we're going to get the best out of myself. We're going to get the best out of our staff, out of our players, and we're going to put something. We're going to put something on that you can feel proud of. I agree with Chairman Rick Caruso that this place is going to be full. This is going to be the mecca of college football. That's a bold ass statement, and he went on to say that he doesn't like promises. Uh, after making that that yeah. bold promise. <laughs> Uh, this is certainly one that if if the whole thing goes sideways from here you can look at it and think oh, I might want that one back. But that if you're a USC fan after all of the things of the last decade that's what you want to hear because that's what you want, right? Like that is absolutely what you want. The Coliseum should be the Mecca College football because it should have been for decades, right? And and it, and it wasn't because the the building itself wasn't taken seriously by the by by the government, right? By the university, by everything. Now everything is, is sort of in concert with the whole process thing. And now it's about making it so. Um, Lincoln Riley, on the time frame, asked how quickly can he win. He said, quote, in this day and age, I think it can happen quickly. I do. I think there's a lot of good things going on in this program right now that absolutely build, that we can build off of. And in this day and age, the way college football works, you can turn over rosters in so many different ways. And we'll be very, very deliberate, creative, and intentional about that. AKA recruiting and transfer portal stuffs.
2: Yeah, I think that you definitely got the sense, and and these are all words, so take them for what they are, uh, that there will be roster turnover. Um, We expect there to be transfers out. We expect there to be transfers in. We expect there to be recruiting Shakeups. I mean, already Oklahoma's entire recruiting class has basically exploded, and that speaks to um, Riley's. I believe rec- the term is imploded. Imploded. Um, Riley's recruiting ability and and his staff's recruiting ability. That so many of those players clearly were committed to Oklahoma because of him, and uh, and and some of them might follow him to USC. Uh, other other guys that weren't even committed to Oklahoma might end up at USC because suddenly there's legitimacy there. So I agree with him. I wrote something on fansider.com about, you know, you have to give him patience. I hope that USC fans give him patience and understanding in, in the first couple of years here, but I don't think he'll need that much patience from us because yeah we saw from the BYU game, there's talent to work with on this team.
1: The recruiting can turn around Whoa.
2: quickly. Transfers can turn around quickly. Let's
1: be honest we were talking about before on paper is still one of most a- SC is an eight and nine win team. Yeah. Um, you know, just out of the box and should absolutely be fighting with, with ASU and, and Utah for a PAC 12 South at minimum, at yeah. minimum You UCLA. And,
2: and life just got easier because Fresno States lost their head coach and Notre Dame just lost their head coach more on that later. So,
1: yeah, things are, things are changing literally everywhere. Um, let's talk about the staff, uh, confirmed hires, defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, Alex Grinch. Yep. Formerly of Washington state, then went to Ohio state. Uh, and then the Sooners pried him out of Columbus uh, and brought him to the Sooners for the last few years. Um, he's coming along with wide receivers coach, Dennis Simmons, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Benny Wiley and director of ops, football ops, Clark Stroud, they were all on the plane early, early, early Monday morning that flew out of Norman. Did you see the clip of all of them arriving uh, at the at the uh, the airport there in Oklahoma City? Still wearing Oklahoma gear, which yeah. I thought was <laughs> hilarious.
2: And then they got out of the plane at <laughs> USC in Los Angeles and. They had magic their way into SC gear. Yeah. Um yeah, I I think it's great that uh, those guys immediately came uh, Alex Grinch drew a lot of ire from Oklahoma fans this year but you look at his numbers A they're all way better than anything USC has produced since 2016 apparently uh, essentially and B One of the really important things about having a Lincoln-Riley offense is you need a complementary defense, and I think that's what Alex Grinch's defense gives. They will give up points because that's what happens when you have an offense like Lincoln-Riley's. But Alex Grinch, I think, uh, philosophically, fits exactly what USC needs, and he did a hell of a job at Washington State. And let's face it, they'll have a lot easier time against the offenses in the Pac-12 than they did yeah. Week in, week out in the Big 12.
1: And we saw what Alex Grinch did at Washington State. Yeah. When he had, what was with, it? Uh, with
2: Washington State level talent.
1: Who, who was that guy that was like, he was like a, what, 250 and he was Dame on the line of scrimmage? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Hercules, even, Mata Yeah, Afa?
2: Mata'afa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, SC might not have five star guys in the defensive line as of now, but uh, well, there's there's Corey Foreman, so sure.
2: Yeah, um, there's guys to work with,
1: but yeah, there's there's guys to work with, but um, they can they can they have at least the amount of talent as as uh, as Washington State had back in uh, back in 2017. Um, other members of this staff still sort of up in the air. Bill Beedle, the guy we've talked about for years, literally. The best offensive line coach in the country, we've said this many times over, he was not on that plane. However, per Matt Zenitz of On3 Sports over in Oklahoma, he is going to be uh, there with, uh, with USC uh, going forward. So we'll have to see, wait for complete confirmation on that, but that looks good.
2: Yeah, I, I won't be truly happy until Bill Biedenboe gets announced. Uh, because I am extremely invested in him coming to USC. 100%. But for now, that's been reported. And we have no indications to believe that it's not going to get followed through on. So cross your fingers.
1: Yeah. The other one to mention, Dante Williams. What's up with Dante Williams? He got thanked by literally everybody in the press conference. Um, I, did Lincoln Riley thank him outright? I don't think so. But I think everyone else mentioned him by name. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Lincoln Riley is supposed to say about yeah. him. So i I'm, Awkward, right? But um, Dante Williams uh, is an interesting one. Currently up in the air if he comes back. We've talked about this before. It was all going to be about who did you hire and what's the system that they have. If Lincoln Riley has a guy who he wants to be the the cornerbacks coach because he's got a system in place, then that's where you go. I, I know Dante Williams is a hell of a recruiter. So was Lincoln Riley, and so were the the guys on his staff. Uh, You have to, you know, trust the whole process thing. Uh, There was a quote from the Lincoln Riley scrum at the end of the press conference, which we did not get into because it was just pure mayhem. Uh, Well, I was
2: was in there, but I could not hear a single thing that Lincoln Riley said.
1: I heard nothing. (laughs) Uh, But here was a quote uh, that USCfootball.com was able to grab. Uh, Quote, there's obviously going to have a lot of great candidates I think would want to come coach with us here. Uh, There are several really good ones right here. So I'll visit with those guys. And uh, the thing I, I don't want to do is jump in too quickly. You know, there's a few guys that I'm going to bring. They are here today. There will be a few more coming in the next few days. So obviously there's a lot of candidates out there, whether they're here at USC or not, we'll visit with them.
2: Yeah, and, and it really comes down to me, who does Lincoln Riley want? And uh, like you said, if he has his own guy, his cornerbacks coach at Oklahoma was Roy Manning. And Roy Manning could come to USC and and coach cornerbacks. He could come to USC and coach something else. USC could keep Dante Williams around as a special teams coordinator. You could, USC could keep Dante Williams around as a safety. I, well, However they want to do it, if they want Dante Williams, I would like them to keep him if they don't value him, Lincoln Riley gets to do whatever he wants. He just gets to do whatever he wants. Um, The interesting thing is that uh, it will be interesting to see who else Riley brings. There's
1: a lot of OU guys There's a lot
2: of OU guys. The linebackers coach, Brian Odom. The inside receivers coach, Gail Gundy. The D-line coach, Uh, Gale Gundy. You know who Uh, he is, right? Yes. Mike's, Mike's little brother. Yeah. Um, Little brother? Older brother? Oh, I don't know the older Uh or younger. Uh, D-line coach Calvin Thibodeau, running backs coach DeMarco Murray, and tight end sort of uh, assistant head coach Joe John Finley all are OU alums. So there's every chance that they stick around with Oklahoma uh, or seek other opportunities elsewhere uh, we don't know. Um, the outside linebackers defensive end coach, Jamar Kane is not an OU alum, and Roy Manning is not an OU alum. That doesn't mean they couldn't end up saying, but uh yeah. guys to watch out for.
1: Yeah, guys to watch out for, indeed. Uh, all those OU alums reminded me. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. I, I, I'm just going to shoehorn this whole thought in here. I listened to a couple of OU podcasts on Sunday night, Monday morning, Man, those are a doozy to listen to because, <laughs> like, the yo-yoing between, um, oh my God, Oklahoma lost the best, like, one of the best coaches in college football, and actually he was a fraud, anyways, and a liar, is severe. So, like, wear like something to help with the whiplash when you listen to those podcasts. One, two. I thought it was fascinating them, them talking about the the struggles that that OU media and alums have had with Lincoln Riley, where he has exerted control on things like media um, and shutting the door and keeping things very private when it comes to both media and alums. And yet in the, in the press conference, the introductory press conference on Monday, he said, the doors are going to be opened for every USC alum there is. And, one of the guys on one of the, the OU press conferences, I mean, a uh, podcast I heard had said something along the lines of, if he says he's going to, you know, open the door to all the alums at USC, that's going to feel like a dagger. I don't know all the context, surely, but I think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting to know because one of the questions I've had going forward is how are things going to change? Because, USC being USC has been very open with media. Obviously things have changed over the last five to ten years in terms how, you know, people can't go to Thursday practices for for much time and, and all those kind of things. But coaches around the country, including Lincoln Riley, don't allow guys to uh, don't don't allow the media to, to come in. So how is that gonna change? How's that gonna change with alums? I don't know, but all of those alums on the staff you would have to think if there's anyone that's going to stay at OU with with Bob Stoops for the bowl game it would be those guys
2: yeah so uh it's just we're on staff watch now and you have to imagine they're going to get this put together pretty quickly because i mean they're already recruiting on sunday night oh sorry monday night lincoln riley and uh and um the uh, dennis, dennis simmons, simmons the the wide receivers coach were already doing an in-home visit with relief brown the uh, five star running back so they're they're getting hitting the ground running, so we'll see how this all plays out.
1: Yeah. Last thing before we get to the mailbag, let's talk about the carousel. Alicia, Brian the, the Kelly, the madness. Yeah. Brian Kelly, no longer at your, uh, uh, you know, alma mater, Notre Dame. What is it like over in, um, in in Irish about not having Brian Kelly's off to LSU?
2: Well, I sent a a, a text to uh, my brother who is an actual Notre Dame fan, and uh, I was like eyeball emojis with the with the tweet, and he was like, "Oh, so there must be a lot of money there," and I'm like, "Yeah, that that must be it." I just think it's really funny that there was a stretch, there was like a week stretch where it was like, "Wow, this is such a weird." coaching carousel when you have such big jobs like Florida and LSU and USC open. And all of these guys are opting to stay in place instead when uh, Tucker and fickle and Aranda were all working on extensions and all that. And then this weekend happened and suddenly mayhem, mayhem, utter mayhem. And it's only going to get worse because USC takes Riley from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is now going to have to take somebody from somewhere LSU are looking at Brent
1: Venables, former former OU assistant.
2: LSU takes uh, uh, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. That means that Notre Dame is now open. Notre Dame can, I mean, it seems an obvious fit for Fickle or Campbell if they want to go there. Um, there's just, like, and then once those are open, then, well, now what are you going to do? Like, the carousel is only just beginning. It's, and, uh, and it
1: could get worse next month because when the NFL jobs open up. Yes,
2: when the NFL jobs open up, who knows? And, there's
1: uh, Ryan Day, there's the Chicago Bears rumor. Yeah, so can, I can you imagine? Can, think about if you're like Matt Campbell, and you 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 go this whole time where you're like, I'm not gonna leave Iowa State. For years, you say I'm not gonna leave to Iowa State, and then all of a sudden, the other day, it looks like we're talking about him after the BYU game as if he's gonna be the guy, right? The leader. That's what the reports were. Pete Thamel and, and all those guys had put out that Matt Campbell was the guy. That USC was was looking at. And then a day later, it's, oh no, they've hired Lincoln Riley, right? And so, I've thought for years that the job that Matt Campbell would go to would be Ohio State. And that's the one he was waiting for. But it never really came open because it just immediately went to Ryan Day. Well, what if Notre Dame opens up and he's like, well, maybe Notre Dame. But they go to the Luke Fickle, who apparently Luke Fickle's Catholic. I don't keep track of these things. But apparently he's Catholic. So, immediately... He's got to be the Notre Dame coach, you know, by by logic.
2: Well, the Cincinnati uh, to Notre Dame thing worked out
1: before. It it did, yeah. And and so, what if Campbell, at the end of the day, is the ultimate winner here by getting the Ohio State job if Ryan Day goes to the Bears?
2: I mean, at It'd this be wild at this point, uh, USC getting Lincoln Riley, LSU getting Brian Kelly. Uh, I, I now have to believe a lot of things that I. Liked to poo-poo in weeks, years past. Like, I, I was very comfortable with the whole, like, yeah, that's never going to happen response to every coaching rumor that I saw. And over the last 24 hours, you see a coaching rumor and you go, huh, I mean... I I get I but uh, Lincoln Riley went to USC, so like, who the hell
1: knows? There are people talking about like 50, upwards of fifteen million 15 per year. $15 million
2: a year for, 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 for Brian Kelly. Kelly. I
1: don't know how real that is, but um and the numbers that you'll see out there for, for Graham Harrell will never know because Mike Bone specifically was asked for about Lincoln it. Lincoln Riley. He, he uh yeah, about Lincoln Riley. <laughs> what, what did I say? Graham Harrell. <laughs> oh wrong Texas tech Yikes. alum. Sorry. Yeah. Um no, uh, Mike Bone specifically said something about it was a very preplanned answer, which was we know what the landscape of college football is like and we're not discussing uh, the specifics of the contract, which I interpret as that means we had to pay market value.
2: Well, and, and Brandon Sosney even said straight up like we were consistent with the market.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: which is which? Which, which sounds expect, like right? it's It sounds like but ten years, ten years, ten million a year. That,
1: that that's, seems that's th- the, the going going rate. going rate of these elite jobs. If you want to win, that's what you have to pay. Um, that's it, it pays to play and all those things. Um, place to pay whatever that phrase is. Uh, but the other thing is, I, I saw it on Twitter. Is Nick Saban like the cheapest? He is ever or what, because I don't know what the exact figures are, but it's somewhere it like eight? 10 million or whatever. I don't know what it is.
2: Did he get it boosted up the, to eight? These I are things know a I don't it was care eight.
1: about. And part of it, because USC doesn't release figures. So I yeah. feel like I don't have to know these numbers anyways. Which is great. But yeah. um, yeah, Nick Saban is worth twice as much as anybody else. And he's certainly not making like that number remotely.
2: Well, that's the argument that like, that's like the LeBron argument right. or the Tom Brady argument. Like, you know, like you couldn't possibly pay LeBron James the amount that he's actually for real life worth right. as a team. Like that just, you, you just doesn't happen. So he's, yeah, deal.
1: Yeah. It's like the Braves locked up Acuna till 28 for a hundred Mm-hmm. That's and, and a Mets deal are, now. The Mets are paying 130 for three years of Scherzer
2: yeah yeah it's it's wild man
1: wild 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 all right let's get to the mailbag you guys had calls and questions and uh want to talk about uh, lincoln rally so let's do that and wrap this thing up you've got mail (laughs) all right alicia let's start the mailbag with a voicemail we got from scott in memphis hey guys Scott from Memphis again,
0: just giving you a call, still pumped and excited. I'm, I'm flying around 10 feet above the ground with Lincoln Riley. But I just want to let everybody know that they need to practice patience next year. Okay. Because I was just kind of doing thinking and research. Nick Saban's first year at Bama, six and six. Next year, 12 and two. Uh, uh, Urban Meyer first year rep, it was nine and three and then thirteen and one, and then uh, Pete Carroll was six and six and eleven and two the second year. Bob Stoops first year was seven and five. Then he was thirteen and zero, won a national championship, and Chip Kelly UCLA was three and nine his first year. And wait, hold on, four and eight the second year. Let's let's scratch him out. But what I'm trying to say is that the first year with Lincoln Riley. It's going to be a little bit of a transitional year. He's going to have probably a seven and five, maybe an eight and four year. Nobody needs to get despondent because the next year when the recruiting comes in, he's already going to get some recruits that were going to go to Oklahoma that were Southern California. I'm sure you've already read about that. He's going to get them to come on to USC. We're going to have a good year next year, but it's not going to be some crazy winning the Pac-12. I mean, it'd be awesome. But the next year, the second year is going to be the year. So fight on, just kind of letting everybody know that just have patience next year because it's going to happen. Thanks guys. Bye.
1: Thanks for the call, Scott. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, have patience. We talked about it before we talked about it with, with Chris Peterson before that. If he came expect a tear down because that's what he did at, at Washington. Uh, Sark left a ton of talent at Washington and what did Chris Peterson do? He tore down that team. A bunch of guys left. A lot of attrition. And then I think he went 6-6 six six his first year. I don't remember what they did in the bowl game. Uh, his first year at UW. So, yes, at the same time, this isn't the Big 12. This isn't um, the ACC with uh, with Clemson there. Uh, I guess we'll we're we're, we will ignore this year, perhaps. This isn't the SEC, this isn't the Big Ten, where the, there is, there are teams at the top that are ultra-competitive that are preventing you from having a good year. Alicia, I think, yes, you should be skeptical of what USC can do in year one. But since we talked about it before, on paper, this SEC team already should have been like an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team as is why can't they do that in year one of Lincoln Riley, especially when the PAC 12 does not have a powerhouse that has like for like talent, the USC does. And the only one that's close Oregon, which you can, okay. Make the argument that they, that they do have all that talent. thibodeau has gone next year. Right. When
2: USC doesn't play them in the regular season. And SC so. doesn't play
1: them in the regular season.
2: No, I think the schedule sets up really nicely for USC again. Um, especially like the out of conference schedule was going to be tough uh tougher before the weekend Kalen DeBoer is, is at Washington now uh, USC won't see him this year unless they see in 2022 unless they see him in the in the uh Pac-12 title game um Notre Dame loses Brian Kelly they're they're reeling they're going to have to figure themselves out um they may still be very difficult but they're going to be in the same position as USC working out there, wor- working out the the new staff and all that. Um, the conference slate, a, a road trip to Utah is by far the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, a road trip to Oregon State is, is tough, but it's not like USC shouldn't go into that game feeling competitive, despite what happened this year. Um, I think there might be a lot of toss-up games, and that's where you – potentially end up with a six and six talk six and six talk I,
1: I, but at the same time on that i don't know if there's gonna be a bunch of toss-up games i think there will be plenty of chances for sc to have growing pains
2: yeah and that's what that's how on you, paper that's,
1: they're gonna be favored to win most of their games yeah just like what, that's what
2: I, that's what i mean the growing pains will ensure that usc has some games that are close and thus toss-up results when i say that toss-up results so you know, will they beat Stanford? I don't know. Will they beat UCLA? I don't know. You will they beat ASU? The I don't game. know. Hmm.
1: I think that Stanford game's a loss.
2: I mean, it's be- it's, it's going to be early. You never
1: know. We're going to talk about this obviously all off season. I just think that, like, I think it would be very fitting for a road game up at Stanford. If you're David Shaw, you probably spend all off season spent like waiting for that game to make a statement. And if you're SC, you you're still learning the whole process uh, under under Lincoln Riley and everything. Like it just seems ripe to find a Stanford that is ultra motivated to win, and a USC that would have growing pains in their first road game.
2: Well, and that's why you know my prediction would be. I I think that this team is. I think that Lincoln Riley can come in and go eight and four, nine and three. And I think that would be a successful year. And people should have
1: patience for that. Eight and four, yeah, Yeah, because we're talking about we're talking
2: about four losses. So you know, be patient. It's not going to be undefeated. There will probably be a handful of losses. Still win the Pac-12 South.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of this is going to also pertain to how the eye test goes.
2: Yes, absolutely. Are you getting better as the season goes on? Are you finding your feet? All those things. So yes, the number one thing is be patient. Have patience. um, Extend extend some empathy and some grace to the growing pains that will happen. But like I said, I don't think it's going to take the full rebuild that that some people will talk about. Am I ruling out that there might need to be more of a full re- rebuild? No, I just, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but it, it, I don't think it's net. It's totally, if that's we're not the landscape. talking winning national
1: championships. Oh yeah. Yes.
2: We're not talking about winning national Because
1: you're going to need time to get in the five-star defensive lineman and all yeah, that stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 But I think that's, if you are looking at 2022 as, you're a, talking about as a national relevance? title year, then don't um, re- yeah. reset your expectations.
1: All right, let's go to a rock bot in the eight one eight.
4: Hooray! Um. Anyway, I um, I I I listened to your monumentally beautifully well done, uh, detailed, uh, uh, list of all the different coaches that were possibly, and I, I listened to it twice, and yet my memory is so bad I don't remember where you listed. Uh, Lincoln Riley as a, as a, as, as a home run, uh, higher or as a, uh, I, 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 did you list him in the highest category? I was just curious about that. I, I'll go back and listen to it again. Another thing, Alicia, I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago I called up and I just was laughing and giggling about your sudden transformation like a werewolf from, uh, you know, calm and collected to, uh, I think it was after the Fresno State game, and Velas Jones had just saved, uh, Hel- Helton. And, uh, you said, and all I wanted, all I wanted, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say to myself, finish him, finish him. <laughs> I knew that was familiar, and now I think I know what it's from, but maybe you don't know yourself, but I think it's fr- it's from I, Claudius, and the sister of Claudius is is watching a um uh uh gladiators, and she's bloodthirsty, and so she's saying, "Finish him, finish him." Well anyway, he's finished we're We're on the road to the big time. And I'm very happy, and I love your enthusiasm about all this stuff. It just just uh, it exemplifies everything I feel deep down. Uh, my name is Guy. Uh, thank you, and uh, hope to, hope that you play my message. Bye bye. Thanks, Guy. a good message.
1: Yeah, I, I love the woohoo at the start. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's great. I do remember i do remember the finish him thing i don't even know what i was referring to there i think it's like an amalgamation of a lot of different like pop culture things but um i mean it's a new era now and uh and and we'll have new reasons for me to freak out one way or the other positive or negative uh i'm i'm excited to feel usc again i mean if you guys listen to the CarCast on on uh, on Sat from Saturday, the BYU game, I you know I was already sort of feeling it again uh, from that game. So you can just imagine the, uh, the the season opener for 2022. Like I am looking forward to the next uh, ridiculously long off season and feeling that growing excitement that we're gonna have as spring turns to summer summer gets closer and closer and then like it's it's been a while since we've been able to go into a new season feeling that passion and that excitement and I and you know I know I show it and and all of the robots are constantly showing it to everyone on Twitter everyone around uh that's that's a I think we are all in that together <laughs> and it's uh it's yeah it's gonna be fun to, to be excited again to be enthusiastic to let the let the passion show
1: Yeah, 100%. People are all bought in, and uh, we're excited about it. Um, Let's get to a Slack message we got from Samuel, North Carolina. Will we see major OU transfers to USC? And if so, who would you want to bring on? Not just recruiting, but specific players on the OU roster. We also got a Slack message from Evan. We're starting Caleb Williams next year if he follows Riley for sure, right? Uh, So we'll put these two questions together. Uh, First things first. Spencer Radler is now in the transfer portal for Ogu, uh, the five-star quarterback out of Pinnacle High in Phoenix, Um, as is five-star, former number one receiver in the 2019 class, Jaden Hazelwood, in the transfer portal out of Georgia. Uh,
2: I I think the transfer portal this year, not just with regards to USC and, and Oklahoma and the like, But uh, the transfer portal is going to be going to be wild across the board. Um, There's just too much. All the shaking up the Notre Dame, LSU, Florida, everybody, the whole deal. It's going to be it's going to be intense. It's going to be wild. And uh, and so who knows how this is all going to play out. Um, One thing I feel pretty certain about is Spencer Radler being in the transfer portal. I I don't know what he gains by coming to USC. I think even yeah, if
1: I I I don't get that one at all. He
2: was benched by Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm not sure why he'd come to USC to compete with Jackson Dart with Lincoln Riley. Like I don't know. Um, there's talk of Caleb Williams following Lincoln Riley uh, to USC. That would certainly be fascinating. Uh, I I wouldn't rule it out at this point. Um, but again, you know, if Caleb Williams comes to USC, I think you have to have a competition where you give Jackson Dart and uh, and and the other quarterbacks a chance to to win him over. I think he'd have an advantage knowing Lincoln Riley's offense already. But, you know, all of these things, you just I, want there to be competition.
1: I think there would be competition at the same point. If you're Caleb Williams, you're not coming to compete. You're coming to start. You're
2: coming to start, Yes. But I mean it's it's kind of like Jalen Not Hurts. that you'd
1: be afraid to compete, obviously. But yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're coming you're, to start. You're coming yeah. to start.
2: Yeah. Um, but you know, and then USC's got recruiting stuff with, with Malachi Nelson decommitting from, from Oklahoma. Have we
1: talked about how great of a name that is?
2: Malachi Nelson, it's a wonderful how about name. Makai Lemon? Makai Lemon great is a names. great name. There's some there's some good names out there, dude. Uh but uh but you know the the, the the landscape of recruiting, of transfers, of the roster as currently composed at USC, it is going to change significantly yeah. over the next few weeks, let alone next few months. So I can't even begin to guess who will or won't uh, go which way.
1: Yeah, I, I think if you look at like someone like Hazelwood, absolutely you'd, you'd want to, to bring him on. I think he had 39 catches uh, for OU this past year. Not a ton, but SC needs wide receivers. Desperately Desperately needs wide receivers. So absolutely, you take someone with with, with the five-star pedigree uh, that he has. Um, At the same point, uh, talking about Williams and Dart and all that stuff, this is what's called a good problem to have. Yes. So if you are invested in Jackson Dart, to me it's the same thing as, as Dante Williams. Yeah, you should want Dante Williams to stay. But if Dante Williams doesn't stay and Lincoln Riley has another option, Lincoln Riley has sort of earned the benefit of the doubt to uh, to go with his his other option. If it's Caleb Williams, you right it. You 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 go for it.
2: I would not be mad if Caleb Williams is USC starting quarterback in 2022. We're talking about a Heisman contender, right? Yeah, I so, don't. I think that's a... these
1: are good problems to have. Yeah, yeah, good problems to have. Uh, Slack matches from SJ in Santa Barbara. Wouldn't it be fair to say that while we were playing, all playing checkers, Bone and Sasna were playing chess? Man, I
2: I cannot get over the the move they pulled. I cannot get over the move they pulled secretly. To, to secretly, and that's what one of the things that Sasna said in 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 his in the scrum was just how they imp- Printed on everyone involved the importance of the secrecy because if it got out, it would kill it if it got out It was dead and the fact that they kept that secret the fact that they didn't have any leaks shows you the buy-in across the board from everyone involved and uh, And when you have that you're doing something right when you are not just ambitious to say we want Lincoln Riley um, Brandon Sosna said that Lincoln Riley was number one on his list from 2014 when he was an intern, before he was a head coach, before he was anything, like um, when Sosna was an intern. But um, this has been a long time coming, like a dream hire for for them. And they were ambitious enough to to try it. And they were competent enough to pull it off. So it's not just that they were playing chess. They were playing chess extremely well because I can play chess, and that doesn't mean that I'm any good at it.
1: You don't do the what's it called the Spanish opening or whatever, yeah. No,
2: <laughs> no, no.
1: By the way, I just realized we never answered Guy's question about oh, Lincoln shoot. Riley. Lincoln Riley was not on the list,
2: oh, yeah. No, Lincoln Riley was a grand slam hire. Tier one. Uh, Brandon Sosna called him a. They have buckets that they describe their coaching candidates in, and the guys who are like on a completely other level. He calls them t- tier zero. And Lincoln Riley was number one in tiers z- tier zero. Um,
1: yeah, that would Li- make sense because he, Lincoln, yeah, he he would have been there.
2: Lincoln Riley almost doesn't fit in our tier system because he, like, is a grand slam that is beyond like back to back grand slams maybe So
1: here's what I would say. Everything we said about Bob Stoops transposed because Bob Stoops was the only one that we said would be the elite hire. I think everything we talked about Bob Stoops was in the vein of like wistful thinking that he would That he still have, had it. That he had youthful enthusiasm to despite five to, years to, to out be of be the... Lincoln Riley. Yeah. That, that he would be the clone of Lincoln, the closest thing you could get to Lincoln-Riley. But no, SC got the 38-year-old version of Bob Stoops, which is Lincoln-Riley. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, offensive coach, defensive coach. We're going to ignore that yeah. part of it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He. Got, you got as good of a 38-year-old quarter, coach that did not does not have an actual national title on his resume. Yeah. That you That you could have imagined. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's go to a call we
3: got from Darlene. Hey, everyone Darlene from Grand Terrace. Calling back, just to also say, uh, since I didn't mention it, but Carol Full had a large part to play in this too. She made this hire of Mike Bone and then bring, Bone bringing Sazna. I think that their team is really showing that they can get stuff done. It was a bad situation USC has been in uh, with the athletics and lots of other things, and lots of other things are still going wrong. But as far as the whole not caring and all that stuff, I hope that everyone could just realize that they do care and they cared enough to have patience to do this right. And this is the payoff and it's great. Um, so I hope everyone could just be excited about this, enjoy it. Like you guys say, uh, you know, if you don't take the joy in these things, like why are you even, you know, following? USC or college football or sports in general. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy the moment, everyone. Have fun. Give credit where credit's due. And look forward to, you know, even the spring game now, which I haven't been to in I don't know how long. So, fight on.
1: Yeah, the spring game. The spring uh, game's going to be lit, man. How excited is the spring game going to oh, be? Yeah. Oh, no. Darling makes a million great points here. That Yeah, at, at this point. Um, if you're still bashing on, on Carol Foltz for literally everything, seek the, help. The, yeah, then the, the, you, what you're doing is perpetuating a narrative rather than arguing something of substance. Yeah, yeah. Um. And, and I echo what what they talked about in the in the press conference. If nothing else, it, it's it, to me it's less about. It, she played a role, 100%, 1,000%. But it's le- to me, it's less about the exact role that she played. It's about the presence that she brought in the sense of she was the first outside hire USC brought. And then they repeated that kind of hire over and over and over again, which is just go find out the best person for the job. It's not that hard. Our friend Ryan Abraham over at USCfootball.com talks about it all the time. Just hire good people. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. If you, like, if you do that, like, who cares if they're USC people or not? Yeah. I mean, and yeah.
2: And Carol Folt, I don't need her to be super involved in the football program. I don't need her to be pulling strings. I don't need her to be, to know when USC season is over. I don't, I don't care about any of that. She hired the right people and then let them do their
1: jobs. And good for Supported her. Supported when she needed to support. Yes. And- and all those things. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, slack message from Marcelo. Who can we blame for things now? Bob Connolly, of course. Well, yeah. 100%. Yeah. What What if Bob Connolly, by the way, I th- didn't he coach at OU at one point? Did he? I don't remember. I can't remember either. Um, What if he's the guy? It's not Beaton Bo. It's Connolly. What, do you, what, what, what would what'd you say? You just found the one thing.
2: The one thing that could totally deflate my happiness right now.
1: One thing I I wanted to mention, we had gotten a question, I can't remember where, was it on Slack? Was it Twitter? I can't, no, no, it was Max Brown. Max Brown tweeted that he wouldn't be surprised if Graham Harrell stayed as the OC because he was from Texas Tech at the same time that Lincoln Riley was there and all that kind of stuff.
2: Well, A, that's not happening. (laughs) Uh, no, but, uh, B that's I, not happening. C that's not happening.
1: But here's what I just want to throw out there. Like I agree that, you know, there's a basic connection there, right? Um, no, but if that happened, don't read too much into it. This well, is a, but Link- it's, this is a it's Lincoln Riley. Happening. No, I know. I'm just I'm just saying if that sort of thing did happen, this is a Lincoln Riley era, it would be done for good reasons, and Lincoln Riley's the one calling the damn place. So don't worry about
2: it. I don't know why you are, are, why you are giving our listeners heart palpitations right now by even talking about this, I'm when telling it's literally
1: you not, to not to happening. happening. Saying don't have any on it's, the. It's not the happening.
3: That, uh, last one. We got
1: a voicemail from Chris.
3: Hey Rand Troy, this is Chris from outside Boston, uh, calling in response to the very exciting news that we'd be hiring uh, Lincoln Riley. In trying to think of potential cons for this hire, this the only thing that immediately comes to mind for me uh, is that god-awful picture of a burnt-ass brisket that he posted last Easter. Uh, so my question for the podcast is, can we recommend any potential barbecue places in the L.A. area for our new head coach? Um I think this question is a little more targeted towards Alicia, given uh, Michael's history of questionable food takes. Personally, I'm a big fan of Gus's Barbecue in South Pasadena, but um, just thinking we might as well get a thread going uh, with some recommendations out there. Thanks. Love the show. I look forward to hearing you guys more. Bye, on.
1: Thanks for the call, Chris, even though there was some slander there. I have excellent barbecue okay, opinions. M- okay, Michael-,
3: Michael
2: has a lot of really bad food takes. Really good ones? No, a lot of really bad ones. But, you know, he, 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 when it comes to, to, to barbecue, to brisket, he, he's got, he's got, it. he's a good judge on brisket.
1: So, I, I just googled Lincoln Riley's social media accounts because I, I wanted to figure out if I could see this picture. Uh, I can't find his Instagram. I think it's been deleted. His Twitter still, like, uh, yeah. is OU, like, in charge of his Twitter account? Like, the, is it not his own personal account? It still has OU branding. Come on. What are you doing? Get with it, SC. Come on. Uh, anyways, um, my picks for barbecue in LA. Baby Blues in Venice. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Blood uh, Bloodsauce in the uh, like the the Melrose area.
2: Uh, Bloodsauce is good. B- Baby Blues is good, but let's be honest: the only thing I care about at Baby Blues is their mac and cheese. It's one of the few barbecue situations Love where pork. you try not to get filler when you go to barbecue. But I could. Eat a tub of of Baby
1: Blues mac
2: and cheese. It is so the best
1: mac and cheese in the world. It
2: it is the by far. And
1: their cornbread. Oh my god! So it's incredible.
2: I wish I remembered um Baby Blues barbecue better, but the only thing that my taste buds like care about is the 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 mac and cheese. Bloodsos, uh, very very good brisket. Um, I'm also partial for for Valley Peeps, uh, swinging door. Is Swing extremely Very good. good. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Um, haven't been to the the one in haven't South Pasadena, gases, so no. uh, maybe that's something that we can, as uh, as connoisseurs of, of barbecue, uh, we can do. Um, in the valley as well, um, the bear pit is always uh, an old reliable, so I, uh, I, I grew up on the bear on the bear pit. So the
1: bear pit is that the one that you had me go get and it had the the sauce all over the brisket.
2: I that might have. Yeah, big no from me, pal. No. Well, I like it.
1: I don't remember we'll if put that was sauce the one. on my damn brisket.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. That was during the pandemic.
1: You know what? Putting sauce on meat says It says that this meat is not good.
2: You say after talking about pulled pork.
1: The pulled pork at, at um at it's, baby it's not not sauce? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like it's you know, well seasoned and marinated and all, all, right. all that stuff, but if, it's not saucy. If you,
2: if you want just pure barbecue just meats swine or blood sows, I think those are uh the way to go. Alright. Yeah. That's
1: a wrap of this episode.
2: But also the, the mac and cheese is
1: the mac and cheese, the, the baby
2: blues. The mac blues. and cheese, baby
1: blues is is. God, now I want baby blues. Oh, it's so good. Can we go there? Like,
2: like I'm. I don't. Thursday. Let's go Thursday. I I cannot, I cannot overstate my love of that barbecue, of that of that mac and cheese. Thursday? Like I you I you don't I don't know if if I don't know if our listeners will fully appreciate my love of that mac and cheese. Like that's my. That's my last meal on earth. Like, that's, that's the thing. All right, I'm
1: going to ask you a, a very personal question. There are the things in life that you love. hmm If you had to rank these three things, three things that you love. Oh, no. Starbucks coffee. Mo Salah's right foot. Hmm. And Baby Blue's mac and cheese. How are you ranking them? Okay. Um, and if Mo Salah's left-footed, then his left foot, whatever.
2: Okay. Uh, Baby Blue's mac and cheese. Mo Salah's feet, hair, all of the above.
1: Wow. Okay. All right.
2: Um, you pre... I mean, Starbucks coffee, uh, I I I very much enjoy a seasonal Starbucks latte. Like... I am that basic person, but not pumpkin. I mean, I do I do like PSLs, but, like, I'm all about the apple crisp macchiato. I'm all about the chestnut praline latte, which is my all-time favorite. So, like, I love those things. Starbucks coffee, though, eh, whatever. I, but I am addicted to coffee, so. I've uh, never
1: seen you get coffee from anywhere that isn't Starbucks.
2: Uh, coffee Bean has a good hazelnut latte.
1: I've never seen you go to a, a Coffee Bean, a Pete's.
2: Well, because... Anywhere. Star. Okay, so Starbucks has an app that I can locate the nearest place where I can purchase the thing and then order it on the app and then walk in and pick it up for mobile order. So, like, sure. yeah. Starbucks is... Uh, it, convenience is half of the the battle there.
1: When you were on campus, where was your go-to uh, place to... Uh, get coffee or a snack or anything? Um,
2: well, I lived, uh, I lived in Burncramp my I first year. People lived on
1: campus. Yeah. So, to me.
2: so I would go to just Tro- uh, Trojan Grant and Trogro. Um, after. Is that, is
1: that off of, uh, Trousdale?
2: <laughs> um, it's literally like right underneath Burncramp between, uh, next to Levy. Um, I, where did I when I lived at Cardinal Gardens? Where did I get coffee? I want to say you just stop into any of the coffee places that were. Was it was it a coffee bean that was in the the film school?
1: I don't remember. Could not tell you.
2: I just go up to a coffee cart in Annenberg. Like I'm not discerning about this. Let's just like there's coffee there. I'm I'm getting the coffee. Like fair enough. So, it doesn't even need to be particularly good coffee for me to drink the coffee, for me sure. to purchase the coffee. So, that's uh. If you just said a blanket like coffee, then I think I'd go coffee one, mac and cheese, the, the baby blues mac and cheese, and then masala. But, uh, yeah. All three of my great loves in life, yes.
1: Okay, how about add in, tight end touchdown in that list?
2: Oh, Oh, buddy. Um think it's fourth. Tight end touchdowns fourth. I think tight end touchdowns are fourth.
1: Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Heard it here first, folks. I know. Uh, now is your time to call back into the Rancho Rant line. Rave line. Whatever. 213-373-1872 is the phone number. Email address ranftroyfansat.com is the email address. You know how to reach us everywhere else. That's going to do it. Um, yeah. USC is the new head coach. It's Lincoln Riley. We'll see how uh, the new era does for the Trojans. Uh, until next time, at least you got a final word. The final word is
2: Lincoln, as in Park. Lincoln Park is good. The Lincoln Lawyer was a good
1: movie. Did you play with Lincoln um, Logs as a kid?
2: I, I, I did Lincoln Logs. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln President. It's it's a good name, Lincoln. Kind
1: of an old-person car, though. look well, very much so, yes. Well, okay, what's more of an old-person car? A Lincoln or an Oldsmobile? An Oldsmobile, because it literally has olds in it. Yeah, that's fair enough.
4: Okay, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Yeah.